The Heat kicked off a three-game road trip in Cleveland, facing a huge Cavs rotation that presented some matchup issues for Miami. But the difference was Kevin Love's 23 points off the bench, a hard-fought effort for the Heat, and we'll break down what went right and wrong. All that and more coming up next. It's the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. You are Locked On Heat. Your daily Miami Heat podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello, Heat Nation. It's a Tuesday edition of Locked On Heat, your daily podcast covering all things Miami Heat. However, you may be listening on YouTube, Odyssey, or your favorite podcast app. Thank you for making Locked On Heat your first listen every day. I'm David Ramil, and with me as always is my co-host, Wes Goldberg. This episode is brought to you by Truebill. Truebill is the new app that saves you money by helping you identify and stop paying for the subscriptions you don't want or need and can even negotiate better deals on those you want to keep. Wes, the Heat got some good news on Monday as the team wasn't further impacted by the health and safety protocols that kept Caleb Martin and radio personality Jason Jackson away from the team and out of the lineup. They were taking on a good young Cavs team that features a huge starting lineup, as I mentioned before. The Heat struggle against Cleveland's size, unable to get into a shooting rhythm all night, and yet they were able to stay neck and neck with Cleveland for most of the game. But it was Kevin Love. Kevin Love coming off the bench for 23 points in the second half, 5 of 8 from three-point range, and each one of those a dagger to kill Miami's momentum, and eventually the Heat just couldn't get it done. They lose 105-94 to to drop to 16-12 and on the season. Yesterday we talked about Miami finding some kind of a rhythm, being able to find some things that they could do consistently well without Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo in the lineup, and yet they couldn't get any of those things going versus Cleveland. What went wrong, Wes? Well, that's a lot of daggers for Cleveland and not enough ascots for the Miami Heat, I guess, is the moral <laughs> to the story tonight. Um It was, to me, just a a tale of the three-point shooting tonight. I actually thought that both teams came out and played well. I didn't think that the Heat played noticeably worse than they did in their last two wins against Milwaukee and Chicago. They didn't play, but they didn't have Caleb Martin. Just one less body that you have. You don't want to be counting on Caleb Martin this much in December, but you are. Jimmy Butler, no bam, all that stuff. And uh, you look at the Heat, they went... 13 for 40 from three-point range, 32.5% versus uh, the Cavs, 16 for 36 from three-point range, 44.4%. You mentioned the big Kevin Love numbers. Um, that was it, right? Like that's So many of these games in the middle of a regular season just sort of come down to, hey, are you getting 28 points from Caleb Martin tonight? Well, then you get the win. Hey, are you getting 23 points from 44-year-old Kevin Love, or however old he is now, off the Pretty bench great. tonight? Yeah, then you get the win. It, a lot of that kind of stuff, it just works out that way. Miami's starters, I thought, did an okay job against Cleveland starters. Yeah, the Cavs' length is a is sort of a loud thing that I think a lot of fans could pay attention to. Oh, the Heat don't have enough size. They weren't getting to the paint enough or whatever. Uh, it, it was what it was. The, the Heat starters got a bunch of clean three-point attempts that just didn't go in. Duncan Robinson, one for seven. Um, you know, Gabe Vincent, two for four. But all that stuff was in the in the second half for him. Uh, the bench couldn't hit a three for their life. Struce over nope. four, Hero over three, Yurtsevin over one, Apollo one for four from three point range. Um, yeah. You know, some of that's on Miami just missing open looks. Some of it's on Cleveland for playing good defense. But we got to rethink the way we 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 think about the Cavaliers now. It, they're a good team. They're a legitimately good team. 
Uh, and this was always going to be a hard win to get on the road and even more so with all the injuries and things that the Heat were facing and the, and the lack of good three-point shooting. Yeah, Miami had just faced the Cavs team, was it over a week ago or yeah. just about a week ago and was beat down pretty severely by the Thirty-seven. They've lost by the Cavaliers by 37 points combined these last two games against them. Yeah, it's it's a good team. I, I don't want to undersell exactly how much of a difference maker the Cavs size is because it does change Miami's approach offensively. They were able to mix in some attacks to the basket in the last couple of wins. Those avenues weren't really open to Miami, at least early on. It seemed like they were able to make some more crisp passes in the second half as they kind of got more familiar with some of that size, having Jared Allen and others kind of occupy the paint. Isaac Okoro, as you mentioned in yesterday's episode, starting at the two for the Cavaliers, preventing, again, presenting some matchup problems. They, they mix and match a lot of it. You can take advantage of, say, a Laurie Markkinen, but as far as Evan Mobley or, or you know, Allen or Okoro, those are some pretty big guys, yeah. and I think uh, it, it does force Miami into different rotations, having to do things differently to find their points. We we talked about this in yesterday's episode. I thought they were going to go more towards the mid-range and be able to exploit that to some degree. You know, somewhat more difficulty ha not having Jimmy or Bam out there. Uh, Tyler was the guy that I thought would really be able to exploit that to some degree, but unfortunately, he took a contusion after getting a knee from Kevin Love in the right thigh area and just yeah. kind of... Didn't look uh, completely 100%. We'll talk about Tyler a little bit later on in the show because he was a guy that a lot of people were hoping could step up. Unfortunately, limited by injury. They did get some positive performances by Kyle Lowry and P.J. Tucker. I think that really carried uh, the Heat starting rotation to a huge degree. Uh, it, it did a really good job. Uh, Tucker in particular, who, again, we'll talk about yeah. later on, continued to find a way to thrive. Is it just I mean, a three-point shot then? I mean, is it just a matter of make it, miss or make in this league, well, as we've talked about so often? I mean, yeah. Uh, if we want to go big macro view, it kind of is. Um, but I And I don't mean to undersell the, the Cavaliers' size or what they do. And this is what has made Cleveland so interesting this season. Uh, yeah. You know, they are now, what, 17 and 12 now? I mean, they're... Better record than Miami. It's a better record than the Heat. It, that that size, you're starting Larry Markinen at small forward. You've got Evan Mobley, Jared Allen... You mentioned maybe getting off those mid-range shots and trying to get those bigs on the move. The problem is that those bigs are all really mobile, right? Like, yeah. they can move up and down. Uh, Markkinen can get taken advantage of. Like, Jared Allen isn't a guy you necessarily want switching onto the perimeter, but he could do it good yeah. enough, uh, better than a lot of uh, guys his size. Evan Mobley is one of the best defensive big men in the league already, um, yeah. which is pretty wild. Uh, and this is the, the thing that a team like the Cavaliers, when they're just they just do it different, Right, they just mm -hmm. do it different than every other team, and so I, I think most fans don't really understand how little preparation goes into every game in the regular season. Right, you just sort of do you run your stuff, you adjust your stuff. Spo had the big uh, Spo had the big film session last last Tuesday. They adjusted some of their stuff, but you're not really you're doing ba very basic scouting reports on the other team. Don't let this guy shoot from three. Don't let this guy. Don't let their top scorer go left. It's stuff like that. Um, but as far as like, Hey, let's run out like a practice squad with three big men starting at the three front court spots and let's see what we could do against. They're not doing that in the regular season. This is a, I think the Cavaliers, if they make the playoffs, they're going to lose. They'll lose in their, in their yeah. first playoff matchup because I, I think like tonight the heat would have came out in game two and been like, all right, this is exactly how we're going to attack these right. different matchups. You do that. You, you game plan specifically in the, in a postseason like that. Um, but in the regular season, they're just, they're just weird. And a lot of times weird is good in the regular season, results in, in regular season success. And so I think going forward, uh, you know, the Heat 
you, you, you need your best players. Obviously, you need to match length with length. He had a lot of, they were playing really small a lot of this game. There were instances where, in order to counteract their lack of length, they were playing Casey Akpala and Omar Yurtsevin together in the front court, mm-hmm. which is something that they, I don't think that they've done all season up until tonight. Uh, Can't recall, no. Yeah. And so uh, they were trying different lineups. Um, it didn't really work. Um, and, but again, they had to. There's no depth on this team. We exactly. Injury. Uh, Caleb already in health and safety protocols. There's only so much you can do. Uh, you have to find some solution off the bench. And again, as you pointed out, well, just one made three pointer off the bench on a night when you really needed some of that perimeter shooting. You do get some yeah. okay points from Tyler 12 points going six to 15 from the floor. You're at seven, what, three of seven from the floor. So that's okay production. You just. He just needed a little more from a guy like yeah. Casey Okpala, who unfortunately regressed a little bit. He was exposed. Uh, there were moments there where he could have hit a big shot down the stretch to kind of help Miami mm-hmm. pull away or at least close the gap between Cleveland a little bit more. Unfortunately, wasn't able to do so the way he had in the last couple wins. Just a tough loss, but not demoralizing, but not, right? No, not demoralizing. Not a blowout either. They, the, he could have stolen this game. There was they had a five. It was a five point game. With seven minutes and forty three seconds yeah. left, and I thought this was the swing moment of the game. Uh, they're down five uh, with midway through that fourth quarter, and um, the official—I don't—this is not a blame the refs thing, but the official doesn't allow PJ Tucker to check in for Casey right. Akpala, and with Tucker standing at the scores table just waiting to check in, the Heat give up two defensive breakdowns in a row, one of which was right. Casey Akpala's fault. Um, and a five point game then was an 11 point game midway right. through the fourth quarter by the time Tucker checks in yeah. and the heat never really got close after that. I thought right. that was really where that game and, and Kevin Love hit a th- one of his many three pointers during that little six Oh, uh, spurt by the Cavaliers while PJ Tucker was trying to check in. So I thought that was really the swing moment of the game. That's where the, it just, the, you know, five points, you could do that, especially PJ Tucker out there. He, mm-hmm. uh, he, they could have, he could obviously help them. But then 11 points with that little time left with an offense that was just struggling most of the night. Uh, it was just too much. Well, we talked about having to pair KZ and PJ so that they could kind of balance it out. Uh, you know, Okpala plays so much better with Tucker on the floor. Unfortunately, wasn't able to get that opportunity in that key moment there, that key possession. And it kind of cost Miami there. I, again, I don't know. Not that exactly a demoralizing loss, just a, a confounding one. And also, look, I have to point out, as far as the officiating is concerned, Miami uncharacteristically, even without Jimmy and Bam, only nine free throw attempts the whole game. It wasn't like there were a lot of fouls being called. Uh, The Cleveland Cavaliers only shot 18 free throw attempts themselves, going 17 of 18 at the line. Miami just five of nine from the free throw stripe. So that could have been a little bit of a difference maker. But, you know, again, you can't rely on the officiating. You can't rely on free throw shooting unless you're a guy like Jimmy Butler or Bam or James Harden or somebody that who gets to the line as consistently as they do. It's not a part of this team's identity or offense. You need to hit those shots, particularly because there were so many wide open ones that you should have been able to knock down. Struess, Yurt7, Hero, everybody had wide open looks at some point. They couldn't just knock those down. But we'll give out our player grades in the next segment. But first... Just wanted to talk to you a little bit about Truebill. Do you know why free trials renew without your consent? Because it's a business scam out to get you. Don't let greedy corporations pocket your money. Download Truebill to take control of your subscriptions. Truebill is a new app that helps you identify and stop paying for subscriptions you don't need, want, or simply forgot about. On average, people save up to $720 a year with Truebill because companies make subscriptions hard to cancel 
Truebill makes it incredibly simple. Just link your accounts and Truebill will cancel your unwanted subscriptions in just one tap. Truebill has over 2 million users and has helped save them over $100 million. You could be next. Don't fall for subscription scams. Start canceling today at Truebill.com slash LockedOnNBA. Go right now to Truebill.com slash LockedOnNBA. It could save you thousands a year. That's Truebill.com slash LockedOnNBA. All right, boys and girls, it is time for player grades. Let's jump right in with P.J. Tucker, the hero of the game for the Miami Heat. 23 points, 9 for 15 shooting, 5 of 8 from 3-point range, 9 rebounds, 5 assists. He had a block. Uh, just an abs in 35 minutes. Um, just a masterful performance by P.J. Tucker. The only reason the Heat were even in this game throughout the entire first half was because P.J. Tucker just making it rain from the corners. I believe all four of his threes in that first half came from the corners. All, all five of his threes, I think, in the game came from the corners. He's shooting yeah. 42% going into this game from the corners. That's going to be even higher. 91%, 92% of his shots, uh, three-point shots overall all season come from the corners. But he was just getting it done all, all over the place defensively. Um, Eric Spolster said after the game, you know, I'm, I'm paraphrasing here, David, but saying basically, I know I always say that I want uh, P.J. Tucker can guard one through five, but if it were up to me, I would have five P.J. Tuckers to guard positions <laughs> one through five because he's yeah. that good. Not to delay the grade here, David, but he gets a B plus. Why doesn't he get an A, you might be wondering. Well, we have a rule here on Locked on Heat. In a loss, nobody gets an A. It's, oh, well, it's my rule. That, that's uh, Okay, that's a new one. I haven't heard it yet, so that's but, good. Uh, that's because you're not listening because I said that last week, but that's fine. Did you? <laughs> yeah. All right, all right. Maybe but you did. P.J. Tucker I, I getting a B plus uh, for tonight. I'm distracted by the tie. I couldn't. I couldn't quite focus there. Uh, look, you're right. I, I can understand why he doesn't get the A. He did everything he possibly could. I know uh, a lot of people were commenting, me being one of them, on the seven field goal attempts for PJ Tucker in the first half. We talked about this. You tweeted yeah. it out. Um, being the beneficiary of a lot of that clogged lane, right? A lot of drive and kick situations, not to paraphrase John Crotty here, but, you know, without those open avenues in the painted area, they had to kick it out, and P.J. Tucker was there, and he was able to capitalize on those opportunities, knocking down those corner shots. But he was also mixing up his offense, creating opportunities for others with those five assists. And the floater, the floater continues to be a marvel. I, I just, I, I don't think I've ever seen him miss a shot this year from the, in the floater. But I know he has but I can't recall when it's, it's uh, happened. Uh, it's just another phenomenal performance from him. We've yeah. talked about him a lot. He's been great. Uh, I don't know what else to say. Um, you know, it's a good point. I, a lot of people are saying, why is P.J. Tucker your number one option? You know, you're never going to win a game. Now, he wasn't the number one op- right. option. He was the beneficiary of kickouts, and that's just what Cleveland is going to do. Their size is going to force teams. Going back to what you were talking about with the free throws, you're just not trying to get to the lane when you see Jarrett Allen, Larry Markin, and Evan Mobley right. standing in front of you. You're just like, you know what? Maybe I'll just kick out. Not try to get to the basket. Our next grade is for Omer Yurtsevin. Oh. Uh, and he's getting a big old Mickey Mouse glove because <laughs> just soft hands. It kind of looks like a chef's hat, actually. <laughs> That's not great. Uh, no, no. Uh, I like it. I like it. It, it does. You got, you got the little lines there. That's that's Mickey Mouse-ish enough. Uh, for Omer, yeah, just continues to forget that he's not a seven footer sometimes. Uh, not, I hate to use the because it sounds derogatory, right? You say that guy's soft out there, and you, you start to get into all sorts of questions about you know his manhood and things. He's not soft that. emotionally, he's just playing yeah. with soft hands. That's, that's all we're that's saying. That's right. That's Mickey right. Mouse he, hands. He's Mickey Mouse he, he does, out there. He's not particularly aggressive at times, and he has the skill set 
to be that kind of aggressive, mm-hmm. to be able to take advantage of that size out there. And I know he's still kind of figuring out his footing. Like there have been lots of pieces about him over the last couple of weeks. I talked to him last week uh, at one point before a game and, and just – you expect him to be able to figure out this timing. He told me that he was getting it, that he understood what his role was and things of that sort. But I kind of question that. Now, that's not to say that he played badly. He just he was missing some great looks that he had a better opportunity to capitalize on. He also played some pretty solid defense at times. Uh, he could still be taken off the dribble, of course. He's a little slow-footed. But as a help defender, that length is particularly helpful because yeah. he is he was able to block a couple of shots and just impact uh, you know some plays at the rim, too. So... Inconsistent game, but yes, the soft hands, I think, is a problem for him. Yeah, just a couple times where there was just an opportunity for him to just go up and dunk it with both hands or do something like oh, that, boy. and he's settling for these little floaters or layups or whatever. And look, I don't I don't yeah, think to your touch. point, I don't think it's a, it's a soft mentality. I, I think this is right. something that NBA players, when you come from college or from whatever level now nowadays, um, to the NBA, you have to get accustomed to the increased strength the increased length and the increased speed that you are going to be playing against every single night. And when you're kind of going up slow or not very strong, you're just getting, there was one instance where he tries to go up and he just has the ball swatted away from him. Like that's an instance where coaches on film are going to be like, Hey, you got to hold that ball stronger and you got to bring it up from, from your hip faster for you Mm -hmm. to go ahead and and finish that with a, with a two handed dunk or something just with, with a strong finish. That stuff comes with time. I don't think he's weak. I don't think he's soft. I just think he has to get adjusted to the, the the strength and the pace of the NBA game. All right, here's our final one. Tyler Hero is getting a Band-Aid here. Um, that's not bad. <sighs> that's a pretty that's, good Band-Aid, I think. Um, yeah, no, I could see it. I could see it. Uh, and you did that right now, on the fly like that. In I'm between listening to me talking and, and answering questions, you're still you're still you're coming up with this incredible artistry. You're like the Basquiat of Locked on Heat. Yeah, it's not quite as like impressionistic as Basquiat, I don't think, but it's fine. Whatever. Um, <laughs> it's, Whatever. Uh, <laughs> it's an uh, art history class here. No, it's definitely not. Uh, Tyler Hero, <laughs> 12.6 for 15 overall, over, over three from three-point range. We mentioned the injury there. This is just an opportunity for us to talk about it. I don't really care. This game is – it doesn't matter for Tyler Hero. It's in the rearview mirror already. It, it's in the rearview mirror, and now you're looking forward, and the biggest question with him – is is he healthy? Because in that first half, he takes that knee. He, he's driving to the, to the into the paint, takes a knee into the right thigh by Kevin from Kevin Love, um, and comes up limping after that, noticeably yep. in pain. Stays in the game for about three more quarters after that. Uh, he yep. played a little bit. He played a couple minutes in that fourth quarter. He goes to the bench. Eventually, goes to the locker room. He's not you, yep. on the telecast. You don't see him on the bench there. No. Uh, after the game, I asked Eric Spolstra about it, and, and he said, yeah, he's got a right, he's diagnosed right thigh contusion where he's going to be evaluated in the morning to determine whether or not he'll be available for Wednesday's game. Uh, and that's the big question here. But before we get to that, David, I mean, just in general, do you think he should have stayed in after taking that, that knee to the thigh in the first quarter? We saw this from Jimmy Butler, too. I know there's that mentality. I'm sure Tyler kind of has it as well, where you, you've got to be able to play out there. He wants to be able to play, especially when the team's already as shorthanded as they are. Mm-hmm. It probably didn't hurt as much. Like, it hurt initially, but then the adrenaline, the energy, and everything else, you kind of put that in the back burner, and then it doesn't really tighten up until after the half when you're just sitting there. You're trying to you know do some therapy on it. It's just not enough at that point in time. And then eventually you've been playing 30 minutes, and it starts to really p- pack up on you. I, I don't think... I don't think he asked to sit out. I don't think he asked. I don't think Spo knew exactly how bad the injury was at first, or I'm sure he probably would have taken him out uh, because Tyler was unfortunately mostly ineffective, even when he was out on the floor. And I know you've got to play somebody 
but I don't know that Hero was exactly the answer right. to as far as to your question though, what happens next with Tyler? Like who steps up if he winds up having to miss Wednesday's game against the 76ers? Yeah, I mean it comes back down to who you got. Gabe Vincent, Max Struess, Duncan Robinson's got to get going. Uh yeah. it, that's that's who it comes down to. No, you're not going to take Tyler Hero out after a bump. You're not going to take every basketball player out when they suffer a bump or a bruise or something. There was times where PJ Tucker gets flattened by a screen trying to uh, 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 fight over it, or Kyle Lowry falls to the floor on a layup. That happened then a couple times, and a couple times, oh, like, yeah. Ooh, that doesn't look good. He stays in the no, game. He's yep. he's healthy as far as we know right now. You just can't take out NBA players when they suffer like that. Like like you said, you rely on Tyler. Hey, if if it's bothering you, tell me that you need to sub out and go to the locker room. We see this all the time in the NBA, but you're not going to preemptively do it, especially when you're as shorthanded as Miami is, and even in the middle of a December game, you just don't do it that way. So I don't think. Anybody should be blaming Eric Spolstra for keeping Tyler Hero in. That's just the way it is. If, if Hero wanted to come out, and, and I think you're exactly right. Once the, once the thigh is hit with Kevin Love's knee, the contusion is there. It doesn't really matter if he keeps playing or not. It's, a, it's more of a pain tolerance thing at that point. And, right. and the adrenaline and everything is kicking in at that point. So now he'll, he'll sleep on it overnight. It'll probably hurt worse in the morning. Oh, um, yeah. But yeah, that's it for Tyler Hero. No, yeah, if you need somebody to step up, it could have been Duncan, it could have been Max. Yeah. We wouldn't even be talking about Hero's injury if one of them had just been able to hit two, maybe three more three-pointers. It wouldn't have been that big a deal. It would have kept Miami closer. Maybe they would have felt a little bit more momentum. Maybe they wouldn't have just kind of taken their foot off the gas late in the in the third quarter after, or late or midway through the fourth quarter after that that crucial play that you mentioned about PJ not being able to check in. But anyway, we'll move on and we'll answer some of your listener questions in the next segment. But first, uh, just I want to talk about a new a new sponsor for the show. That's Stance. Uh, you've probably heard about them before. Uh, you've, you've probably seen some reviews about some of their products. Uh, they handle all kinds of new uh, comfortable socks and underwear. It's super soft, entirely unique. It represents a radical reinvention of sock underwear and active apparel with a sharp focus on comfort, quality, and creativity. Stance brings an atypical aesthetic alongside some of pop culture's Hottest collaborators for the ultimate in style and self-expression because everything you wear should be a direct extension of who you are and how you feel. They've got all these different partnerships and collaborations that they're working on from the Wu-Tang Clan to Batman, the Goonies, Star Wars, Harry Potter, my, one of my personal favorites. Of course, they've also got Major League Baseball. And for you NBA fans, I imagine listening to this show, you might want to check out Stance too. They're they're great. The socks are super comfortable. You won't be David. I wore them to a wedding this weekend. Uh, I have great for dancing and drinking. That's yeah, and and just and, and looking fresh, looking good for a wedding. Like I love Stan socks. Absolutely, yeah, uh, it's great. Uh, you'll love them too. So make sure that you try them out because they believe in the perfect fit. That that matters more than fitting in. For those who feel good, do good. Go see for yourself. Register for an account at stance.com and get 15% off your first purchase. Use the promo code LOCKEDON at checkout to apply. Enjoy the color and comfort of a life less ordinary with Stance. Speaking of less ordinary, you listen to podcasts for the power of knowledge, but you switch to Boost Mobile for the power of saving money. Get three unlimited data lines for $30, 30 bucks a month per line, and a free 5G phone when you switch so you can get the latest episodes of Locked on Heat. All in one of America's largest 5G networks, more power to save. That's Boost Mobile. Free phone is limited to new customers and one per line. Additional restrictions apply. Offers and coverage not available everywhere or for all phones and networks. See BoostMobile.com for details. 
Just a reminder that you can always reach us via email at lockedonheat at gmail.com or via Twitter using the hashtag AskLOHeat. Be sure to please subscribe to the show and leave a review. Of course, subscribe to our YouTube channel. We've got a bunch of new subscribers over the last week. All of our episodes topping thousands of views. Can't believe that you're all turning out, but so much. We appreciate it so much. All of you have been so fantastic, leaving great comments, questions, feedback on the show. As always, again, please subscribe and continue to send that feedback because we rely on it completely. We appreciate it. We want to hear from you. We are always looking to make this show better. And just a reminder that also on Wednesday, when the Heat take on the Philadelphia 76ers, we'll be closing out the game with a live show. We'll be, uh, again, recounting the last few minutes of the game and then launching to our podcast immediately after that. So please log on. Make sure to send in questions, comments. We'll be taking your feedback at that time as well. But let's get into some of our listener questions about tonight's game. This one comes in from Steve. Can we find a way to get Kevin Love on our roster, please? Wes, what do you think? Uh, Look, this is one of the names that we've been talking about as a potential buyout candidate this season. And you're right, for the last few seasons, he just seems like an ideal fit for the Miami Heat. Uh, Somebody who could space the floor next to Bam Adebayo. And all these things, he's a veteran, he knows how to, he's a champion, and, and the Heat, they, this front office, tends to go after those kinds of guys. The problem is, I don't know that Kevin Love gets bought out anymore. He's not no. really a buyout candidate. The Cavaliers are really good. They have a better yeah. record than Miami right now. Kevin Love wants to win. He's winning right now in Cleveland. Are the Cavaliers a real title contender? No. Are no. the Heat a fringe title contender at this point? Yes. yes. The Heat have a much better chance of winning the championship than the Cavaliers do. I just don't know that Kevin Love is going to be so motivated to negotiate a buyout and potentially leave some money on the table uh, just to try to win a championship somewhere else, as long as he's actually winning games and enjoying himself, certainly a lot more than he was the last couple of years in Cleveland. Yeah, uh, a lot of people saying this is kind of like an audition for him, showing off to Miami what he can do. Look, the Heat already know what he can do. They'd like him at an affordable price. Unfortunately, he's not a trade candidate because of the incredible contract that he's due, not just this season, but the next as well. Uh, And I don't, I don't see any reason why the Cavs would say, yeah, we want to pay you $50 million over the rest of this season and next just so you can go play on a better team. He's contributing to Cleveland. They're winning Miami. Again, a better chance at contending for a title. But I don't know that the Cavs, the Cavs want to pay him tens of billions of dollars just so he could play elsewhere right. and maybe even knock the Cavs out of the first round. That's exactly the end goal for them. Uh, this next question comes in from R.E. He writes, it seems, or I'm sorry, he or she writes, they write, it seems like if we make our threes, we win. If not, we lose. Shouldn't there be other ways to win games? Wes, what do you think? I mean, yeah, that's why you have Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo on the roster. Unfortunately, when they're not playing, it kind of does come down to that. And by the way, the, like I said earlier in the show, kind of is that in the NBA in yeah. general, especially if there's a disparity the way it is between Cleveland and Miami uh, mm-hmm. on Monday night. So unfortunately, that's just the way it is. And that's the way it has to be. I asked Eric Spolster again about the three-point shooting after the game. He said, look, we don't. I'm not telling him to jack up shots. We want to get good looks. But for the most part, we are. And the Heat have shot four. They've taken 40 or more threes in each of the last three games. I think that's by design because you're not getting those mid-range shots. You don't want Max Struess and Duncan Robinson taking threes. You don't want role pl- or, or mid-range shots. You don't want role players taking those shots. That's what Jimmy and Bam do. When your stars are out and you're kind of relying on these role players um, outside of Kyle Lowry and Tyler Hero, then, yeah, you're going to take more threes. That's just what's happening. Yeah, I, I mean, that's, yeah, that's pretty much it. Like, I, I, I kind of feel like I, I don't know what else to say. I, I, yeah. Maybe a couple of those shots fall and everybody's feeling hunky-dory about tonight's game. It just yeah. it felt flat. Uh, I don't think it was that big a deal. But you're right. You're kind of limited 
in the ways that you can knock off a team. You, you're not living and dying by the three, except because you don't have Bam and Jimmy to That's create right. those other kind of offensive opportunities. I think that dictates a completely different pace to the game, one that Miami is much more likely to win. So, you know what? We'll just put this in the rearview mirror. The Heat already have. So should you. We'll be back uh, tomorrow for another episode. You know, Marquis Morris continues to be out of the lineup. So we'll be getting some medical expertise to provide some insight on that whiplash injury and what it could mean for Morris's long-term projection. But we'll also be, again, back here on Wednesday night for a live taping of the show as we finish out that game against the 76ers. So make sure you continue to make Locked on Heat, your first listen every day. And as always, subscribe to our YouTube channel. And make sure you also subscribe to Locked on Bets, your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. This is David Ramil signing off for now. Thanks for joining me, Wes. Wrap it up, B.